0: remember the 90s when mtv still meant music television when people still bought cds when legends like chris cornell and dimebag daryl still rocked the earth well you can go back to those halcyon years regularly with sounds like teen spirit the ultimate 90s radio show podcast on each episode, I review and play from the latest albums by decade-defining artists like Pearl Jam, Megadeth, and Primus, and discuss current developments with those artists, all amid a playlist of 90s and 90s-adjacent music, of course. Again, that Sounds Like Teen Spirit. New episodes premiere Sundays, 8 to 10 p.m. on 89.9 KBGA Missoula, and past episodes are archived at kbga.org slash teen-spirit. Society kicking off this program with Bleed for Me off their 2002 album 1919 Eternal. Welcome to the award winning Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 kbga Missoula. I'm your fire grilled host, Ian. This episode contains sweet music from the likes of Guttermouth, Infectious Grooves, Spin Doctors, John Frischante, The Coup, Slater Kinney, Descendants, Zach De La Rocha. REM, and the Presidents of the United States of America. Plus, I'm going to be reviewing and playing a song a piece from the new Ash album, Race the Night, and new Bare Naked Ladies album, In Flight, both released on September 15th, the new Teenage Fan Club album, Nothing Lasts Forever, released on September 22nd, and the new Wilco album, Cousin, and new Blonde Redhead album, Sit Down for Dinner, both released on the 29th. I'll start with Bare Naked Ladies. Folks, I know it's entirely moot for me to still be grumbling about it at this point, but I miss Stephen Page. For the uninitiated, Page was a co founding vocalist, guitarist, and songwriter for Bare Naked Ladies who played a key role in defining the band's sound up until his exit in 2009. Even though he's now been out of the band for six studio albums in nearly 15 years, his absence is still felt to this day. The remaining four members continued as a quartet, and just as one tends to fear about that kind of scenario, they do sound like a band operating at 80% their usual capacity at most. Sure, Bare Naked Ladies have always been more of a collaborative affair, where all members take turns on lead vocals and contribute to the songwriting, but Stephen Page's contributions during their first two decades made a substantial difference. When Page was at the helm, the band fit neatly into the 90s college alt-rock scene, occupying a decidedly different spear from, yet still adjacent to, grunge. Without Page, Naked Ladies have noticeably softened up a bit and pivoted towards straight-up adult contemporary. Part of that may have to do with the band members growing older, and part of it may have to do with them losing their biggest live wire, which I will acknowledge is strictly a relative term here, but whatever the case, the new BNL album In Flight is about as perfect an encapsulation of the post-page version of the band as there's ever been. While that may read as damning with faint praise, at least some of the traits that have made Bare Naked Ladies enduringly appealing over the years shine through on this release. Lyrically speaking, the ladies have always been a cut above the average adult contemporary band. They have a way of communicating thoughtfully and earnestly without devolving into empty platitudes or unearned sentiment, which is almost certainly helped by their willingness to work within their own limited perspectives. They don't purport to have the answers to life's great questions or to speak for people whose problems they couldn't possibly relate to. They simply convey what they know from personal experience and are entirely upfront about what they don't, resulting in songs that are clear-cut and unpretentious, yet genuinely profound. This is true of practically all 14 tracks featured on In Flight, and better yet, the whole album generally adheres to a theme, that of aging. With all members of BNL now within their early to mid-50s, the album's lyrics tend to look at things from the other side of middle age, attempting to broach such relevant quandaries as feeling increasingly out of touch amid the changing times, taking stock of the things that matter most in life, and facing the inevitability of no longer being able to do or enjoy what you love. Of course, these lyrics will ring truest for listeners over the age of 40, but the ladies do such an effective job articulating their perspective that even listeners a decade or two below the target demographic could relate to it. Alas, from a musical standpoint, in-flight never really, uh, takes flight. As I've already touched on, bare naked Ladies lost a whole lot when they lost Stephen Page, but the most noticeable thing was the overall buoyancy of their music. Only one track on In Flight exudes the same infectious energy as their biggest hits, the opener and lead single Love and Life. Everything that follows is more on the mellow side. To the band's credit, they make the album about as varied as the confines of adult contemporary will allow, dabbling in alt, folk, country, pop, and soft rock, but it's not enough, and the added punch that Paige evidently brought to the table is sorely missed here. Although the album's 14-song, 50-minute length is actually about average for BNL, it would have been much better off if pared down to just 10 songs. Lord knows there are at least four tracks in this set that don't really need to be there. Ultimately, In Flight is hardly an essential Bare Naked Ladies album, but it still has its share of undeniable wisdom and charms to offer listeners of a certain age and/or loyalty. Alright, I felt that this very early portion of the show called for a more energetic track, and so I decided I'm going to play the one song from the album that fits the bill. Aforementioned lead single and opener, Love and Life. Enjoy!
1: One minute we're here, the next one we're not. The clock is ticking, better use what you got. It's Armageddon and we're getting it on Because the world could end before the end of this song There'll be darker days, there'll be hell to pay But until then, just keep breathing And loving life, we're loving life We love it so much that we want to live it twice We're loving life, we're loving life It's like a pizza and we want another slice We take it high, we take it low Nice. We're loving life we loving life we loving life we loving life I got some money and I bought some regrets There'll be fender benders on the road to success You got your problems and I know I got mine The grass is looking greener till you realize on the back so much that we want to live it twice We're loving life We're loving life It's even sweeter than a watermelon slice. We take it high That we want to live it twice We're loving life We're loving life It's like a pizza and we want another slice We take it high We take it low
2: This portion of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events in its educational center, Imagination Brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com.
3: Seven tries leading the way, and then four sad comes. I've lost my sense of it all. The feelings I can't resolve. Circumstances outside mention, and you know I tried to be part of life. tough to find Playing games with my mind Up the drops that I climbed In the abyss I was hurled into by one
0: 2005 album, The Woods. Although my album release calendar for the rest of 2023 hasn't really changed since last month's show, there have been a handful of notable albums announced for early 2024 over the past few weeks. For starters, Slater Kinney have penciled in their 11th studio album titled Little Rope for release on January 19th. It'll be their first album since June 2021's Path of Wellness, and their second one recorded as a duo following the 2019 departure of drummer Janet Weiss. The album was heavily shaped by grief stemming from a recent tragedy in the Slater-Kinney camp. Last fall, lead guitarist Carrie Brownstein's mom and stepdad were both killed in a car crash while vacationing in Italy. Although much of Little Rope had already been written by then, parts of it were revisited through the lens of grief, which ended up not only having an influence on some of the album's lyrics, but also the ways in which certain tracks were arranged and recorded. Its influence is highly detectable on lead single and opening track Hell, an emotionally raw number that contrasts soft and moody verses with a fiery chorus. Based on the song's drumming, it appears Slater Kinney used a live drummer to track the new album as opposed to a drum machine, but that person's identity is as yet unknown. For Path of Wellness, the band had tapped a series of local drummers based around the Portland studio they were recording at in the summer of 2020. It's possible they did something similar for Little Rope, but considering that they recorded it at a different Portland studio roughly three years later, they probably didn't use the same people. Whatever the case, I'm sure we'll find out more as the album gets closer to release. I'll almost certainly review and play from the new Slater-Kinney album as part of my first podcast episode of 2024, but in the meantime, be sure to stay tuned for details on a couple other major 2024 albums later in this show. Anyway, before Slater-Kinney, I played This Day by the Meat Puppets, off their 1991 album Forbidden Places. Emptiness by John Frusciante off his 2004 album, Inside of Emptiness. I'm the One by The Descendants off their 1996 album, Everything Sucks. And Land of the Living by Bush off their 2001 album, Golden State. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To so like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com/slts2 and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast. Go to kpga.org/teen-spirit. All right, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Ash album Race the Night. Okay, folks, full disclosure. Ash was a fairly recent discovery for me. In fact, if it weren't for a fateful rewatching of Shaun of the Dead, which includes a few Ash songs amid its soundtrack, mere weeks ahead of the band's latest album, I might not even be giving this review right now. So though it feels a little weird for me to say Ash is a criminally underrated band, given that I haven't been properly rating them myself, Ash is a criminally underrated band. And they remain a criminally underrated band to this day, as their new album Race the Night proves to be continued evidence of such. It's not a particularly innovative or mold-breaking album. It's just a solidly crafted rock album that strings together a series of reasonably varied, attention-grabbing songs that both stand on their own and complement one another. Three of the album's tracks actually remind me of Weezer, but each one channels a distinctly different Weezer release. Usual Places sounds like something from their 2022 Seasons EP series, which I largely found to be a return to form. The very next song on the album, Reward in Mind, skewers closer to Weezer's beloved 1994 self-titled debut, a.k.a. the Blue Album, and much further down the track list, the loud and punchy Double Dare evokes the 80s hard rock-inspired 2021 album Van Weezer. I suppose it really can't be helped that Ash frontman Tim Wheeler's voice often resembles Rivers Cuomo's, but of the 11 tracks included on Race the Night those are really the only three that particularly invite Weezer comparisons. Braindead, Peanut Brain, and the opening title track all fall in line with the alternative pop-punk style that Ash songs tend to embrace, to varying degrees. On the lighter side of the equation, Oslo is a lovely duet between Wheeler and Dutch singer-songwriter Damira, and the near-seven-minute, crashed-out Wasted assumes the form of lush, flaming-lips-esque psychedelic pop for most of its runtime, before going apocalyptic with guitar solos for the last couple minutes. On the heavier side, Like a God is reminiscent of the hardest-hitting Smashing pumpkin songs from the early to mid-90s, and penultimate track Over and Out rumbles along like a barely-contained thunderstorm, punctuated with frequent flashes of lightning. The album brilliantly caps itself off with an instrumental reprisal of Like a God, which repeats that song's main riff amid plenty of outro-style guitar work, starting out sludgy and slow, but gradually escalating to a full-on manic thrash by the end. From top to bottom, Race the Night is an engaging and well-rounded album that in a Just World will deservedly add at least a handful of new devotees to Ash's modest fan base. Alright, this next song I'm gonna play is the one that left the biggest impression on me upon first spin of the album. Sometimes you just gotta follow your gut. This is like a god. Enjoy! <laughs>
4: The spot of the flashlights. We in LA ducking both in the shadows with lead pipes. The days is all night. All night. See, if I pay Edison no medicine, these blues ain't no better when my fever rise in the jungle as quick as a price fight. Days is all night. (laughs) Shoot <laughs>
5: Jake Roberts, who gives a damn about those call letters? KBGA, KGBA, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know where the music's at, don't you? Stupid.
6: I will try not to breathe. I can hold my head still with my hands and my knees. Eyes are the eyes of the old Shivering and cold. I will try not to breathe This decision is mine I have left it for life These are the eyes that I want you to remember Something to fly over my grave I need something to breathe I will try not to burn I can hold these inside I will hold my breath Till all these shivers subside Just look in my eyes Oh, try not to worry. You. I have seen things that you will never see. Leave it to memory. Me. Shudder. is
4: エビリラ
0: Kravitz with I Belong to You off his 1998 album Five. Lenny Kravitz recently announced his 12th studio album and first in over five years. The album will be titled Blue Electric Light and is scheduled for release on March 15th, 2024. It was officially announced as a double album, but um, it, it really isn't. Double albums typically contain upwards of 20 songs and exceed the standard 80-minute capacity of a compact disc, hence the need to split them in two. The Smashing Pumpkins' Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and the Red Hot Chili Peppers' Stadium Arcadium are both prominent examples. The new one from Kravitz will have 12 songs totaling roughly 55 minutes, but while that does make for a rather meaty album, it's certainly no double album unless there's a whole other disc's worth of material to it that's still under wraps. Heck, the previous Lenny Kravitz album, 2018's *Raised Vibration, was nearly 65 minutes, and that one was never termed a double album. Anywho, the new album's lead single, TK421, premiered a little over a week ago, accompanied by a racy music video during which Kravitz is naked for a good chunk. No, you don't get to see his python. You'll have to look up the video of his 2015 wardrobe malfunction in Sweden for that. However, he does show off basically everything else and that turns out to be a gift because Lenny Kravitz is incredibly well built for a 59 year old. I don't think he's aged a day since the late 90s. He's truly the envy of guys half his age and I say that as a 33 year old straight man. No really, I swear. Regardless of sexual preferences, this is something you just need to see. Oh, and the new single is also pretty great. It's catchy and has a real funky swagger to it, like the best Lenny Kravitz cuts. I'll be sure to review and play from Blue Electric Light following its release next year. I, for one, am particularly hyped for the album. I really enjoyed Ray's Vibration, and I'm sure this one's gonna live up. But yeah, not a double album. Sorry, Lenny. Anyway, before Lenny Kravitz, I played Groove Family Psycho by Infectious Grooves, off their 1994 album of the same name. Try Not to Breathe by R.E.M. off their 1992 album Automatic for the People, A Punk Rock Tale of Woe by Guttermouth off their 2016 EP I've Got It Made, and Digging for Windows by Zach De La Rocha off his 2016 single of the same name. You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slts2 and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Blonde Redhead album, Sit Down for Dinner. At the beginning of September, the British shoegaze band Slow Dive released their latest album, Everything is Alive, which, as covered in my review of it last time on the program, is undoubtedly the most accessible album yet for this decidedly uncommercial band. The album is still challenging and avant-garde enough to satisfy the band's earliest adopters, but it also manages to tap into the sensibilities of today's alternative youth. In what can only be chalked up to uncanny synchronicity, the end of September saw the similarly uncommercial alt-band Blonde Redhead put out what is essentially the everything-is-alive of their own discography. Sit Down for Dinner, the first from Blonde Redhead in nine years, is perhaps the most relatively straightforward this band's ever been over their entire three-decade career. Just as was the case with the new Slow Dive, though, the key operative word here is relatively. Blonde Redhead started out in the 90s as more of a noise rock band, and even by the standards of that particular subgenre, their music was on the harsher side. Moving into the aughts, the band began smoothing out their sound by incorporating elements of shoegaze and dream pop, and while the result was certainly lovelier, it did little to expand the scope of their target audience. Admittedly, I myself struggled to get into this band before the release of Sit Down for Dinner. After, well, I'm still kind of struggling, but I've definitely come a lot closer. In a general sense, Blonde Redhead's latest isn't too dissimilar from its most immediate predecessor, 2014's Baragon, but its tracks tend to feel more fully realized and fleshed out. In fact, at least a handful of them actually sound like viable radio singles. This is especially true of the album's three pre-release singles, Snowman, Melody Experiment, and Before, so the band clearly recognized the crossover potential of those songs. Lead single, Snowman, a conventional but well-conceived indie rocker, kicks off the album on a rather strong note, and after a few spins, I'm convinced it may be my new favorite Blonde Redhead song. Melody Experiment, oddly enough, is probably one of the band's least experimental songs to date. I suppose that from Blonde Redhead's perspective, having a discernible melody for listeners to follow is an experiment. Finally, Before is a dream-pop gem that reminds me of the singles from Baragon, only with greater mainstream appeal. Those three tracks pretty much represent the pinnacle of Sit Down For Dinner's accessibility. Further down the spectrum, songs like Kiss Her Kiss Her and If were a little harder for me to get into, but by virtue of hypnotic repetition, they each managed to finally click with me after a few minutes of exposure. On the far end of the accessibility spectrum, the minimalist and meandering rest of her life barely registers as a song and likely wouldn't affect the fabric of the album at all if it were surgically removed. And five-minute closing track Via Savona, with no real progression and no lyrics aside from wordless vocalizations, is a bit of a snooze outside of its intended context. Ultimately, sit-down-for-dinner isn't quite enough to convince me of Blonde Redhead's greatness, but I think I'm at least starting to get the picture. The album as a whole is almost uniformly on the mellow side, and I'd probably appreciate it more if it were as varied as its three pre-release singles seemed to suggest. However, if you already identify as a blonde redhead fan, I'm sure you'll like it just fine. Alright, this next track has a bit more of a folk rock flavor. It's called Not For Me, which I find kind of ironic because, relative to most other songs on the album, it is for me. Enjoy! Enjoy! This is God. And whenever I'm in Missoula, which is always because I'm omnipresent, I listen to all the radio stations at the same time, including KBGA.
5: KBGA Missoula, (laughs) 89.9.
2: Like the radio station, College Radio, 89.9 FM.
0: with One Shot at Glory off their 1990 album, Painkiller. Judas Priest have finally announced the title and release date for their hotly anticipated 19th studio album. The album will be titled Invincible Shield and it's scheduled for release on March 8th, 2024. That'll put it almost exactly six years out from its 2018 predecessor, Firepower, which came out on March 9th of that year. The band broke the news on October 7th via a trailer that premiered ahead of their set at the inaugural Power Trip Festival in Indio, California. They were there as a last-minute replacement for Ozzy Osbourne, who had to bow out of the fest due to, what else, health issues, so the stunt was not premeditated for very long, at least. Less than a week later, on Friday the 13th, the album's lead single, Panic Attack, was issued, and it's an absolute rager. The song nestles comfortably within that classic Priest sound, with all instrumentalists dialed up to maximum intensity and frontman Rob Halford turning in a surprisingly virtuosic vocal performance for a 72-year-old. He probably needs more studio help than ever to sound like that nowadays, but it's nigh impossible to tell. So will I be reviewing the new Jewish Priest album upon its release next March? Well, yeah, of course. I do realize that it's a bit of a stretch to call Priest a 90s band, given that they only released two albums over the course of the decade, and one of them was without Halford. But the other was Mother Huffing Painkiller, which is indisputably one of the band's most acclaimed, iconic, and successful albums, and that alone is enough for me to deem them worthy of the deluxe Sounds Like Teen Spirit treatment. Plus, I previously reviewed Firepower on the program back in 2018, so the precedent has already been set. Anyway, before Judas Priest, I played I Want a Secret Family with You by The Offspring off their 2012 album Days Go By, Faster Disco by Faith No More off their 1987 album Introduce Yourself, and French Girl by the Presidents of the United States of America off their 2008 album These Are the Good Times People. You're still continuing to listen to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com/slts2 and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org/teen-spirit. All right, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Wilco album Cousin. Just 16 months after releasing a double album of almost pure country songs, Wilco have come back with something far more representative of their usual output. Though its lead single Evicted sounds like it could have easily been part of 2022's Cruel Country, the new Wilco album Cousin largely adheres to the band's established mold. That is, lush indie rock that happens to sometimes carry hints of twang. However, just because the album is more traditional, don't take that to mean it's boring. In fact, despite never really venturing beyond the light mid-tempo range, aka the Wilco zone, for its entire duration, Cousin manages to be a surprisingly engaging and stirring listen. Each song sounds sufficiently distinct from the one that came before, there's some welcome Radiohead-esque experimentation throughout the album, and the arrangements are absolutely masterful. Guitars and keys are layered in such a way that each instrument both stands out and complements the others in the mix, and the album's percussion is often interesting, deceptively complex, and colors the overall listening experience in subtle yet meaningful ways. In spots where 2019's Ode to Joy, the last traditional Wilco album, would have been sparse and ambient, Cousin instead feels busy and full of life, but the warm and tranquil vibes of Wilco's signature sound remain the same. The album's uncommonly good arrangements are undoubtedly the handiwork of producer Kate LeBon, the first outside producer Wilco have worked with in over a decade. She's also the first female producer Wilco ever hired, which frontman Jeff Tweedy made a point to do for this particular album. And given the results, I'm thinking the band ought to have a feminine touch on their records more often, especially if it's going to be hers. My only real gripe with Cousin is that, when consuming its songs on an individual basis, they generally don't quite live up to how they sound within the context of the album. On paper, Cousin seemed like an album that would work equally well as both a song collection and a cohesive body, but in practice it appears to skew more heavily toward the latter. That being said, there are still at least a handful of songs more than capable of holding their own. These include the title track, which creates an enticing rhythm between its offbeat percussion and Tweety's offbeat vocal delivery, Ten Dead, which sounds like what would happen if Leonard Cohen and Radiohead ever collaborated on a song, A Bowl and a Pudding, which lovingly approximates the chilling sensation of Pink Floyd's trademark psychedelia, and aforementioned lead single Evicted, which may actually be my favorite from the album despite my general indifference towards country music a statement that could also be applied to most tracks on last year's Cruel Country. Ultimately, Cousin is a rather quintessential and rather strong Wilco album that could serve as an excellent starting point for newcomers to the band. Alright, next up is that aforementioned Leonard Cohen meets Radiohead track, Ten Dead. Enjoy!
7: This morning And I went back to bed Ten dead
8: can't like do, you gotta do it another way. I used to kick it with a brother named Mo, Mo used to kick it with a brother named Joe, Joe used to kick it with his girlfriend LaKeisha, whose brother Elmo looked like me, Elmo used to elbow lots of brothers in the nose, kick him when they down and he still ate shoes and clothes. Elmo with the a beef as a tweaker, and all of them are supposed to come looking for me, imagine that, fat hooked with bats, trying to rap, peck, hmm, time to get a gat. So I'm strapped, cause I'm trapped, like Roger Thomas in his fat, mama's lap, what's happening, here's a rap, Saturday, 12 o'clock, no, E Rock, the whole lot, and what not about, how I'm in a spot, set. this 10 of hey, get spread like, like Boston, see you ain't Steve and we we'll got But I got serious fun. fun. the population. Now we wonder why a revolution never grow. Killing mothers and of if we're stepping on our toe. If we had as much for our presence as we did for ourselves, the blood would never flow again. And then the Uzis that were once used to kill each other could be used to serve and protect the brothers and the sisters and the cousins or whatever others. But the funk keeps growing like a fungus. Oh, He's missing in action. This just more off the wall than Michael Jackson. Cause brothers who be doing, brothers who be doing, not the brothers, but the goobie cool be doing more than you be doing on the corner. Fucking revolution from Pretoria to Florida. So I don't make sense that they want me a corner, corner. Run cause some brothers in a rampant think I'm popping junk they don't sleep for centuries a genocidal of punk, so I'm a funk if I don't blast their ass. But I got smoke funk for the ruling class with a M. Cause again, gets off with the grin, National Guard tip in for when we got beef. You wanna pop the trunk, we got serious fuck.
2: This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant garde electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give Something Else a try? Live every Wednesday. From 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org.
0: with Good God's Urge, off their 1996 album of the same name. The first new music from Porno for Pyros in almost three decades may finally be imminent. Frontman Perry Farrell, who also fronts Jane's Addiction, has been openly expressing interest in reviving Porno for Pyros since at least 2011, but it wasn't until pandemic times that the ball finally began rolling in that direction. PFP initially returned in 2020 to participate in Lala 2020, a four-day streaming event hosted by YouTube as a substitute for Lollapalooza that year. After the show, the band remained together and started writing new songs in quarantine, with guitarist Peter DiStefano sharing occasional updates via Instagram all the while. They did a few odd festival gigs in 2022, and last July they announced their first full tour since 1998, a 30th anniversary trek dubbed horns thorns and halos the tour was set to commence earlier this month on october 8th in wheatland california and wrap up on november 20th in austin however just a week prior to the starting date porno for pyros elected to postpone the tour in order to finish the new material they have been diligently working on they were hoping to have it out ahead of the tour so that fans would have a chance to hear it as intended before experiencing it live but that didn't quite pan out so they went ahead and bought themselves a few additional months Of course, some fans who had already made extensive travel and lodging arrangements reacted bitterly to the news, and that's understandable. Given that Porno for Pyros were embarking on their first proper tour in 25 years and were mostly just sticking to major U.S. cities, it's a good bet that a lot of fans would be coming from far and wide to see them, and perhaps the band should have been more mindful of those fans. However, since I wasn't personally impacted by the decision, I can't even pretend to be outraged over it. I'm just excited to hear some new PFP tunes at long last. The band ended their statement announcing the tour postponement by saying, Listen up for the new music in the upcoming weeks, and keep an eye out for new tour dates. We're coming. While the rescheduled tour dates still have yet to be disclosed as of press time, it really does sound like we'll have some new Porno for Pyro's music by the end of the year. As for what form the new music will take, well, thus far the band have been rather vague about that. Will it be a new album, a new EP, or a series of singles? I've seen a couple publications suggesting a new album, which seems likely, but this has not been verified by any official sources as far as I can tell. Whatever we end up getting, though, I'll be sure to review and play from it right here when the time comes. Anyway, before Porno for Pyros, I played A History of Drunks by The Melvins off their 2006 album A Senile Animal. Funk by The Coup, off their 1993 album Kill My Landlord, and Off My Line by the Spin Doctors, off their 1991 album Pocket Full of Kryptonite. And that about wraps up a pan-fried episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I've been your host, Ian. I've got three more episodes of the podcast planned for the remainder of 2023, two regular shows, and of course, my annual Album of the Year show. I'm aiming to premiere the first of those three episodes on November 19th. Also, I'm planning to do my next live in-studio show here on November 5th. Did you catch the one I did two weeks ago? If not, basically the deal is that, in addition to the podcast episodes, I'm now going to be making regular trips to the KBGA studio to do live DJ sets with no talking points or pre-planning. Again, November 5th. It's gonna be a party. In the meantime, I'm concluding this show by reviewing and playing a song off the new Teenage Fan Club album, Nothing Lasts Forever. After floundering for a bit following the 2018 departure of original bassist, co-vocalist, and co-songwriter Gerard Love, Teenage Fan Club have become a well-oiled machine once again, possibly even more so now than they ever were in the 90s. They recently released their first new album in under two and a half years, which is about half the turnaround time they've been averaging since the start of the 21st century. Their previous album, 2021's Endless Arcade, was undermined by a rather protracted recording process, at least in part due to the growing pains of adapting to a major lineup change, and of course also in part due to the pandemic. By contrast, the new one, Nothing Lasts Forever, was recorded over a span of just 10 days in the Welsh countryside, and is a good deal more cohesive and musically consistent than its immediate predecessor. Don't get me wrong, I thought Endless Arcade had a lot to like, but the first half sounds almost as if it were cobbled together from different album sessions, and the second half is just kinda... there. Nothing Lasts Forever, on the other hand, picks a direction and sticks to it, and that direction is perhaps most aptly summarized as Beatles-esque. I know that comparisons to the Beatles usually don't carry a lot of weight, considering that they've had such a far-reaching influence on rock and pop music in general, but in this case, the similarities are especially pronounced. The jangly guitar riffs, the smooth harmonies between remaining vocalists Norman Blake and Raymond McGinley, and the decidedly mid-tempo groove this album largely resides in all loudly scream, Fab Four. Above all, those familiar sensations of warmth and joy that the Beatles often exuded are ever-present throughout Nothing Lasts Forever, even when the songs are tackling dark and depressing subject matter. It strikes me as no coincidence that three of the album's ten tracks have the word light in the title. This album is just a thoroughly pleasant listen from cover to cover. On the other hand, it certainly could have stood to benefit from greater musical variety, as some songs sound awfully similar to one another. It never feels as dynamic as the first half of Endless Arcade. However, I have found each and every one of its songs to be quite good when consuming them on an individual basis. Special mention goes out to opener and lead single Foreign Land, which gets the album off to a rollicking and irresistibly catchy start, Self Sedation, which stands out more than most thanks to the jaunty piano riff at its foundation, and closing track I Will Love You, which, at seven minutes in length, is by far the spaciest song on the album, yet still highly accessible. Ultimately, Nothing Lasts Forever is far from the best teenage fan club album, and it still feels like the band is missing a crucial piece of itself in Gerard Love's absence, but it's tighter and more focused than its 2021 predecessor and a superior effort overall. Alright, I decided to close out this episode with the aforementioned Self-Sedation. This one's about as Beatles-y as the album gets, which is saying something. It also kind of reminds me of ELO's Mr. Blue Sky a song commonly misattributed to the Beatles. Well, bon voyage!